Great, great morning, everybody. Great, great morning. This is episode 104. Is it? Yeah. I mean, technically it's 105, but it's, it's, we're going to go with 104. Just don't. We're going to blend them. We're going to blend those two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, how you doing this morning, Caleb? Hey, great morning, Coop. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm phenomenal, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, baby number three is coming soon. Like, did I tell you that she almost came Tuesday of grand opening week? You probably didn't know that story. Or maybe you, I did tell you. You told me. You did know because I called you. Like you told me the high level. But yeah. if you want to, if you want to share the, the, you know, the full, go ahead. No, no, it's it's fine. No, it's just I was just talking in my thoughts. I guess. I mean, she's gonna be here any day. Um, actually, when this airs, she might already be here. Now that I think about it, um, which is crazy. So, uh, you gonna share the name yet? No, I'm not sharing the name, dude. Oh, okay. well, I mean, she's already gonna be here. So I just thought, you know. I, I see what you I see what you did I, I I see what you just tried to do it's great no I'm not sharing the name well uh okay that's all good but yeah, yeah that was a crazy week for you for sure yeah it was a crazy week but it's all good we survived um family's doing good um Hana's still cranking uh thanks for everyone that's come out to support um us and the new brand that's about to take the Midwest on. Um, yeah, super excited, super pumped, but just want to say thank. I would say super thankful and super, super grateful. Um, everyone that's been showing support and sharing all the love. Um, just want to say thank you. Um, yeah. Haven't ran out of, out of food yet, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's key for a restaurant. I yeah, ve- very key, very key, very key. So. Uh, anyways, that's enough about me. Well, how you doing, Caleb? Um, I'm okay. I had to run whoa, to the whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I forget, what do you mean? I forget who I'm talking to. I'm doing great, Coop. Um, yeah, for sure. I had to run to the Cairo. Uh, slept on my neck weird, which I never do. So, mm. I, And I also never go to the Cairo. So shout out to Apex. Um, family went to the – went and saw Cairo, got adjusted real quick. Still working out some kinks. Get it? Um, Is that Brady? Uh, no, that's my physical therapist. Oh, got me. it. Um, okay. I just, I just ran. I was just talking like randomly this morning. Randomly that quick. Um, and then we're running. Uh, we're taking baby boy on his first family vacation. Um, in a couple of days. So just yeah. trying to figure out how and when to do that, or like how, like what to bring and. I still haven't packed. I always do everything at the last minute. Yeah, you do, and I I, I love how I I knew about this trip, um, but I, like now I'm putting it together. So we're not recording next week then. Um, I need to find a we. Yeah, got I it. Just, I was yeah. I was you, just thinking. I bet you. Yeah, you yeah. was just about to tell me that, like in the next yeah. breath. Got it. Okay. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh man, it's all good. It's all good. I just forward thinking, right? I'm always trying to forward think a little bit. So it's all good. 
Cause I, cause I know how you go on these trips, and now you got a baby, so I know I'm definitely not getting no airtime. It's all good. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in trouble. It's all good. No, you're good, bro. It's all good. It's all good. Um, should we get into this episode? <laughs> Let's get into it. One oh four. Oh man. All right, Cooper. Once again, bring in our next guest. Great morning, everybody. On today's episode of ship building with cooper and caleb we have eric here um, president and co-founder of prx performance he's a serial entrepreneur who has a passion for living life to its fullest and absolutely thrives on helping others achieve their goals according to eric life has been an absolute blessing and what a ride since cutting a deal with shark tank investor kevin o'leary on abc's hit television show Shark Tank. Eric also has extensive experience in business startups, raising venture capital and real estate investing. Prior to his professional career, Eric attended Bemidji State University, where he graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration, emphasizing in small business management. Eric is married to Lisa, his rock, and has two beautiful daughters, Nora and Britta. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Hopperstedt. Hey guys, how you doing? Man, I mean, we, we, so we've gotten a lot of bios. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I enjoy it too, but then I'm probably a little bit biased, right? Yeah, for sure. They're always different every time. Yeah, you know, for, is the cool thing too. Super yeah, unique, for sure. Well, you for wanted sure. uh, you wanted a bio, and I was like, "Well, heck, I don't know if I have a bio." And then I I figured out I better just hit up my LinkedIn page. So I had to pull something from there to send you. Right, we had to have something. Awesome, awesome. That was great. It was great. Um, Eric, tell our audience a little bit more um, about you know who you are, what you do, and and why you do what you do. Uh, well, I guess you kind of heard a little bit about me in the background, but, um, you know, grew up in a small town, um, brought up uh, in a in a small family business, um, always had a passion for not only business, but um, helping people and decided at a pretty young age that I wanted to do something pertaining to business and um, also real estate. And, um, you know, I'm married to my wife, Lisa. She kind of holds everything together. I have a couple of awesome little girls and um, currently uh, co-founder and president at PRX Performance. And, you know, who knows what the future holds, but that's just kind of a little quick backstory, I guess, on on who you're talking to. So what so why? So that's awesome, by the way. Um, so like why? like lifting or like, or I guess, how did the PRX concept um, come up? You know, it was probably, well, I guess if we go all the way back to about 2007, um, I met my partner, Brian, through um, my wife and his now wife, who were high school best friends, went to college together. Brian and I just hit it off and, uh, you know, started working out together and just became good friends and held each other accountable. And, you know, before too long, you know, fast forward to 2013, we were, we were CrossFitting together at the time and 
just saw some opportunity in the market um, and had a couple of product ideas actually sitting around a campfire shooting the breeze. And, you know, I think just a few days after that night sitting around the campfire, we were already, I mean, registering our company and buying domain names and trying to figure out what the heck we were going to call ourselves. It's kind of, kind of crazy. No, I used to train people with PRX equipment um, back when I was with um, Corporate Lifetime Fitness, and I remember, like, I remember when we brought it all in. This must have been in like, gosh, I don't. Maybe my specific club was different. Like maybe twenty fifteen. I want to say fifteen yeah, or sixteen. That could very well be. It, it was crazy. Super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we saw some opportunity and um, our first idea actually was the Talon barbell collar. And, you know, it kind of looks like the old slap bracelets. And that was the product that started the idea of PRX. But that product was a son of a gun to to develop. I mean, it was, it, it looks simple, but it really isn't. It actually took us, I think, about four years before we actually launched that product. So naturally, you know, between the the wild idea and launching that product, we had to figure out uh, what exactly we were going to be, you know, who who we were going to be and what we were going to do and and why it mattered. And we needed to be different. And that's that's kind of where the idea of the space saving, the folding racks came from. I mean, we we saw a huge opportunity when a competitor was telling, you know, everyone as their customers that they believed in street parking and they wanted you to just clear out your garage and load it up with this big gym equipment. And we thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous. So that that's when we set out to find a way to give our customers that same experience. But, you know, while they weren't using that equipment, they could literally fold it away and, and use their garage for other things as well. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Can, can, so you and your partner, you said it was Brian. Yep. Yep. So you guys had this idea, you know, working through it and, and getting things going. Um, so, so in that process, that journey, where did going on Shark Tank come, come about? That's, that's kind of a fun story and another serendipitous moment, I guess, if you will, of which we've had several over the years when you look back. But uh, Brian and I were actually scheduled to fly down to Miami to exhibit at a, a competition called Wadapalooza. And I was sitting at home one night watching Shark Tank. I'd, I've always watched that show and, you know, for several years and all of a sudden I just thought, I wonder how people even get on this show. I mean, it had never occurred to me. I had had a friend that had said, you guys should try that, you know? And I was just like, ah, whatever. I enjoyed watching the show. Um, but I, I happened to go online that night while I was watching the show and learn that they did uh, open casting calls. And there happened to be one in Miami about a day or two before we were scheduled to land so just for the heck of it, I called Brian and I, I told him about it and he basically hung up the phone on me and called me back shortly thereafter. And he said, well, I rebooked our tickets. said, you're never <laughs> going to leave them. I, I, the, the ticketing agent asked, you know, why we needed to change our flights. And he said, well, I, we're going to just try to audition and get on Shark Tank. And 
the ticketing agent was such a fan of the show, they didn't even charge Brian to change our flight. So it was just kind of crazy. You know, we didn't have any expectations and went down there and waited in line and gave our 60 second pitch and off we went. You know, they, they basically tell you, don't wait for us to call you. You know, we'll find you if we need you. Just go on about your business. If somebody offers you money, take it, you know, basically just get out of here and we ended up hearing back from them in just a few days. And that's kind of where that journey started. That's awesome. That's I'm waiting awesome. on bated breath. And like, can, can you, can you finish the rest of the kind of the, the, uh, uh, the shark take journey? And then I have a question. I'm sure Coop does too, but. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, from there, um, you know, they just basically tell you, Hey, we liked what you, showed us in that 60 seconds. Now we want you to do all these things, you know, it's more paperwork and, you know, just more information about your business. And at that point in time, you know, they basically tell you, we'll get back to you in a week or two. And at any given time, you may not hear back from them, but eventually uh, we actually got assigned to a producer and, and the producer then helps you kind of hone in your pitch and, you meet weekly and every week they make more and more cuts and they just kept calling us back. So we, we kept answering and kind of kept going through the process. And then I think it was, uh, gosh, June, probably around June of 2015, they called us and said, uh, get your stuff ready. We need you to fly out to Sony studios in LA on father's day. And, uh, we want you guys to record, but remember you might not record because there's a number of people, there's no time limit. So even though you're coming to LA, you might, you might not get a chance to film. And if you do film, there's a chance you might not air. So it's just a, it's an ongoing, you know, thing, just not knowing, but you know, at the time we just did what we could and, you know, all the while trying to grow a business too. So it was challenging, but we were, you know, we just thought, well, what the heck? We might as well continue on the path. Who knows what'll happen? Man, that's that's crazy. Like, so so you guys go on the first time. I mean, what was it like when you guys got the like the first call back, like the first phone call back? Well, I think we were actually still in Miami, and you know, we probably uh, you know I don't remember exactly, but if I had to. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm sure Brian and I were jumping up and down on the hotel beds thinking we had about won the lottery. And in reality, you know, <laughs> nothing more maybe would have ever come of it after that. But that really was the start of the journey that just catapulted our business probably five to seven years, I would say, just, you know, the exposure and, and airing itself. So it, it was it was crazy. All, all the while, while this was happening, what were some of the hiccups and speed bumps you were dealing with? you know, in between Miami and LA as you're trying to grow your business? Well, that was kind of, you know, we had just early 2014 had launched finally our first uh, space saving foldable squat racks. And, you know, there was nothing on the market that existed like it anywhere. Um, and we were a company that nobody had heard of. So that was a challenge. I mean, we had to, we had to get the word out um, and, you know, naturally there was some bigger companies that had been around for a while that saw our concept and, you know, quickly released other designs of their own. 
which certainly aren't as user-friendly as ours, but that was, that was crushing at that point in time, you know, just to see the bigger companies step in quick. And, you know, that's, we were just young and trying to make a buck and trying to get our name out there. We truly believed that there was a market for these types of products. And, and obviously that, that intuition was correct back then. Um, so there was many challenges, you know, it's startups are tough. They're, they're draining, they're grueling, they're lonely. Um, you know, there was several times where we thought, you know, as good as this is, or we think this could be, you know, is it worth pushing on? And, you know, thankfully being able to lean on each other and also have the support of our wives to keep going, we, we kind of pushed through and, you know, obviously today we're a much different company. So that a lot of ups and downs. And I think, you know, for anybody listening, that's going through it or is thinking about going through that, I think you just have to go into it knowing that there's going to be lots of ups lots of downs. But the important thing is, is when you have those ups, celebrate them and move on. And and when you have the downs, don't let yourself hang out, you know, down there for too long and just try to float around in the middle and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Awesome. That's awesome. Awesome advice, Eric. Thank you. Um, can, can we talk a little bit? So, you know, you, you went to college, went to Bemidji State um, University. Um, you got a degree in, um, business administration, um, with, uh, you know, emphasizing in small business management. Um, have you always had a interest in like small business management? Is that why you took that as a, as your degree? You know, just, I mean, business in general has always interested me. Um, you know, growing up in a, in a small family business. I, I had a lot of exposure, learned a lot of good things and, you know, also learned some things that maybe I wouldn't do or do things a little differently. Um, so that, you know, that was always kind of the hope and the dream is to, to be able to build something that, you know, would make a ton of impact in, you know, not only customers' lives as we do in the fitness world, but also our employees and uh, also build something that is sustainable and, you know, doesn't need you necessarily there 12 hours a day or, you know, 360 days a year. It's it, it, always a vision. Um, so it, I guess you could say at a young age, I, I kind of had a picture in my mind of what I thought could be done or what, what maybe I wanted my life to look like. And you know, what sorts of impacts we could make. And I think as long as you keep that vision fresh in your mind and believe in what you're doing and find the right people to come along the, on the journey with you, I, I really think anything is possible. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that that visionary piece and believing in it is such a powerful thing. Did you have mentors or people you were looking up to that helped, you know, during your form, more formidable years that kind of helped you create that vision? Yeah, I think, um, I guess really early on what, um, got me thinking probably bigger than I was is the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you guys are familiar with that book, Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great yep. book. Great book. Yeah. Awesome book. So, you know, that just kind of, that changed or kind of molded my mindset a little bit. And, you know, then from there, I think it's, you know, watching people that you 
you admire or, you know, watching people do extraordinary things and, and do it in a good way. And then I think eventually from there, you know, as a youngster, all you try to do is build your network up of people and uh, connect with them. And, you know, I think as, as long as you're able to offer them something, they're pretty, uh, pretty happy to share back. And I think anybody that's been there and done that is maybe more willing to, to help newbies than you might suspect. So yeah, there's, we certainly haven't done this by ourselves, Um, and I, I really don't think anybody does. I, I think one of my big pet peeves is, you know, when somebody takes credit for something when clearly it could not be done with an individual. So yeah, I guess lots of different, um, mentors, coaches over the years and, you know, continue to utilize some of those relationships even yet today. So I think it's kind of a must. You got to have a good support system. Where did your, and again, I, I said you had a, a awesome bio. Um, where did your interest in real estate investing come from? Yeah, that, that actually came uh, right from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when I was, when I was quite young, I I didn't necessarily want to work for somebody for my entire life. Um, you know, the traditional get a job and work till retirement age. I, I really, life is short to me. So I wanted to build something that would allow me free time to, to do more of that sort of thing. And real estate, as I was young and reading, just kind of seemed like the logical way. You know, you, you can literally make money in your sleep with with real estate. So that kind of fueled that fire. And, um, I think, gosh, we, we probably, uh, not knowing it bought our first rental property in 2006 when we bought our first house. And when we moved out of there, just a handful of years later, turned that into a rental and then just kind of snowballed from there. Love it. Love it. Love it. Can you, can you, uh, maybe just touch on a little bit the, in your mind, I, I got. I don't want to say power, but I'm going to say it like the power of real estate investing. Like, like what you just said. Like, why is real estate investing such a great investment vehicle? Well, I mean, it's there's very simply, I guess you know, if you think about your own house and your own mortgage and your own paycheck that makes that mortgage payment when you own rental property obviously have those same things, except for it's not your paycheck that's making the payment. So obviously you have principal reduction through other people's means. You have appreciation on the property itself as it goes up in value over time. And then of course the, the ever so powerful depreciation to help, help offset, you know, income in a sense. So the, uh, the government and the IRS are actually your, your best friend when you own real estate. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty unique. What's your favorite type of real estate to own now? Um, you know, it kind of depends on the location. I, I mean, I have residential holdings, multifamily holdings, uh, industrial, um, and other commercial, but you know, I guess, the, the best real estate are ones that are full with really good tenants. It, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. Um, I think it's all about occupancy rate of as close to a hundred percent as possible. And 
and tenants that pay on time. And, you know, from there, anything, any, any sort of real estate can be a good investment. I, I, I typically stay away from super old stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean I haven't done stuff like that before, you know, just from a maintenance perspective, it can be, um, a bit of a dollar suck here and there. Um, but gosh, there's, there's just so many opportunities in, in real estate. Awesome. Awesome. Can, can you talk a little bit, um, you know, on your, your journey, you know, whether if it was real estate, um, you know, building your business, um, like the, the fear aspect, like how did you deal with fear in your, in your journey? Well, that's, that's an easy answer for me and a quick story. I think, you know, when, when I was in the process of doing this with Brian, you know, obviously there comes a point in time where you do have to take a leap and fear is undoubtedly the thing that stops anybody and most everybody from taking that leap. Uh, but I, I came to a kind of a realization that my grandfather came from Norway in 1950 and he was 25 years old and left six siblings behind basically his entire family and hopped a ship and, and cruised his way across the Atlantic into the U S and I thought, you know, to be scared of giving up a job at this point compared to what he did is just really nothing. Like what's the worst that can happen to me, right? It's like, well, it doesn't work. You get another job where, you know, heck, my grandpa, the ship could have sunk. I mean, he could have got here and who knows what could have happened. I just, I feel like it's, it's all dependent upon what you've been through. So your, your fear threshold or tolerance obviously changes and evolves over time. But once you make that first leap, I think it's just, you know, kind of builds it up and makes it way easier to continue on doing those things with less fear, you know, as, as time goes on. That's one of me and Cooper's favorite questions to ask just because typically people always, you know, have, have a different or maybe it's similar, but they put their own twist on it. And, you know, sounds like, sounds like you kind of just process it and rationalize it based on, you know, your experience versus others. And oh, that's super cool. Appreciate yeah, you sharing I mean, that. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it, it's, it is, I'm sure the number one factor that holds people back. And I think that if, if people could kind of wrangle that in and, and set it free easier, I think more people would be happier and, and, and be more productive. So it, it is a, it is a powerful thing. Here's another kind of big picture question um, we like to ask is, you know, goal setting. Do you set goals and how did your goal setting kind of change from when you first started as a, you know, entrepreneur to kind of where you're at now? What's your process like? I've always, I've always had goals. Um, I think actually, you know, some of them are written down. Some of them are just words or a set of numbers or pictures. Um, I actually keep a vision board and it's funny you bring this up because I just made a comment to my wife here a couple of weeks ago that I think I need to update my vision board. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool process. I mean, you literally just find pictures of things or, you know, whatever you appeal to and put it on a, put it on a little board or in mine's actually in a little notebook taking up two pages. And, 
you look at that thing and it, it's kind of like what your ideal life would look like. And sometimes you might see a picture of something and really not know what it means, but if it sticks out to you, just put it on your vision board and just periodically looking at the vision board and, you know, kind of visualizing what these things are, what it might look like. It, it's just absolutely incredible how that board slowly transforms into your real life. It, you know, the, the law of attraction type thing, if you've ever uh, watched the movie or read the book, it's, it's just unbelievable and so simple. It, it's just, it's crazy. I actually just found an old vision board, like a, like a piece of one in my office from like, um, I want to say it was like probably about three years ago or something like that. And it, it was just like a, like a County road 40 sign. And it was, I was just trying to, I was trying to do 40 real estate transactions that year. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I was looking at my business now and I'm like, I'm almost there already. And the year's just started. Right. So you, what you said is so true. I totally agree with it. Yeah. I, it's just, I love it. And I do have to, I do have to update mine. It, it's time. I need some more juice. You talked earlier, Eric, about, um, you mentioned reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, is, is there any like books you're reading now or, or anything you're doing to continue to grow yourself as a, as an individual? Yes, actually, there's a few that I'm into right now, but haven't finished. Uh, Miracle Morning is one. Um, what's the other one called? A Tale of Two Owners, I believe it is. But yeah, I, I do enjoy reading. Um, once in a while, I'll do an audio book or something, but I, there's something to me about having a cup of coffee and actually holding a book and reading. I don't maybe have quite enough time or as much time to do that as I'd like to lately. It kind of ebbs and flows, but yeah, those couple that I'm probably halfway into right now. Awesome. Miracle Morning is by Hal Elrod, I think. And that's kind of been, that's been on my list to mess with, but I don't know um, if we've ever, if we've heard of a tale of two owners, have we Cooper? No, I don't think so. We'll have to, um, we'll have to throw it on the list. Yep. Can yeah, we, can we, or go ahead, I'm sorry, Eric. No, no, I, I was just going to say it's pretty interesting. It's, you know, in terms of business and partnerships, the old joke goes that the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. So obviously owner alignment and, and things like that are super important. And Brian and I have been so blessed to have such a great partnership over the years. And it's just a story about, you know, what may happen if that chain, like if, you know, mm-hmm. partnership isn't great. It's just a cool, it's a, it's a good book. I, I was just meeting with a business owner who was kind of, um, he's coming to a head with one of his business partners, you know? So I, I'm all, it, it is crazy. They say, you know, it's, it's like a marriage, right? So you really got to vet it and yep. um, be careful, but no, we'll, we'll throw that on the list. Um, can we go back to your story? Um, earlier, um, the Shark Tank story. Yeah, obviously you recorded. Obviously you, you talked to people. I've seen the show. Most people have probably seen the show. When when you pitch and they give you an offer, I mean, do you really have to decide right then and there? Oh yeah, yeah, you do. But um, you know, I'll kind of back up a little bit. So 
when you walk out onto the carpet right before you start your pitch, it it really is blind. I mean, the sharks, I, I think the only thing they know about you is your first name and maybe where you're from. I don't even remember that for sure, but I know they know your first name. And once you get done with your, you know, your 60 second opening pitch or whatever it is, it looks like it's so organized on television because they're all mic'd up separately. Right. So they can edit a lot of stuff out, but, um, they are all hollering at you and want to know the answers to their questions at the same time. So you have to try to get everybody the information that they want. And that's, that's why it is kind of a, a frenzy and hence the shark tank. Um, and then, you know, once the, once you do agree to a deal, um, obviously when there's real money involved, um, there is a real due diligence process that needs to happen after that. So half of the deals that you see on TV actually don't close after due diligence. So, you know, and, and that could be for a number of different reasons. It could be because one of the sharks didn't like something they saw. It could be, you know, the entrepreneur maybe just decided it wasn't the right deal for them. I mean, typically you can, anybody can walk away from anything at any point after that, but um, yeah, it, it's a pretty extensive due diligence process. And I think ours probably took about six months, you know, before we actually inked the deal. That's crazy. No, that's, that's crazy. And that's awesome. And it, it's always cool to hear um, the behind the scenes a little bit, right? Cause, cause like you said, Eric, it looks so professional on, on TV, right? Like I didn't realize that there was like this whole like, back behind the scenes stuff like like you said like you get called multiple times you work on your pitch and then like you said you don't you know you don't even really close the deal until they have to go through due diligence and stuff like that so that's that's awesome and crazy all at the same all at the same time yeah i mean it is crazy and you know once you get out there there's no time limit so you know, there's, I think we filmed for just shy of an hour, you know, once we were out there. And of course they cut everything down to what you see on TV, but there's been some companies that have pitched for several hours in there back and forth. So it, yeah, it is, uh, it is certainly wild. And I think kind of the other thing that people might not realize or think about is, you know, I think I told you we flew out in June of 2015 to film and our episode didn't air until February of 2016. So you can do the math there. There's a handful of months where you come home and you literally can't tell a soul anything because you're under a non-disclosure, you know, blah, blah, blah. If it gets out before you air, there's all kinds of these legalities. So it, it's kind of weird. We flew out there to film and then you come home and you kind of had to forget about the fact that you were just in LA filming at Sony studios until you get a date that your episode's actually going to air. Then it, then it's fun. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that, that's, that's cool though. That's, that's cool. Cool. And awesome. Um, like was, was there any time during that whole pro- like process where like you or Brian were just like, Oh my God, it's, are we ever going to like come to a deal or is this ever going to end? You know, I, I don't, not really. I mean, it's, you know, we were so focused on trying to get the company off the ground leading up to that point. It's like, 
if they needed something done, extra paperwork, hop on a call, this or that, it's just kind of like, yep, you just stop, do it, and then hang up or whatever and back to your normal day. So not really. We just kind of rolled with the punches and kept on down the path. Do you have um, kind of switching uh, topics here? Like what 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 keeps you motivated, disciplined? Like what, what keeps Eric – you know, going, what keeps him going, what keeps him getting up every day and wanting to crush it? Well, I think, you know, constant evolution, constant improvement, I think, however you want to put it. I I just feel like if, you know, if you're, if you're not moving and shaking and growing, we, we know what's happening and nobody wants to, nobody wants to go away. So, you know, it's, it's not only that, but you know, the kind of the story of, you know, the two CEOs sitting around talking and, you know, one, one of the CEOs is talking about, you know, he's got five houses and, you know, one out here and one over there and blah, 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 one over there. And the other CEO says, well, I have a hundred and some houses, you know, referring to the, the houses of all his employees. So I think, you know, that's a big motivating factor right there. There's, there's quite a few individuals on our team that depend on us and, and, you know, we need to do the best we can every day so that they can help be their best too. I've never heard that before. That's a definitely, um, Coop and I were talking to somebody about, you know, maintaining any success you ever get, right? Like maintaining humility or not becoming a, an elitist, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. No, that's I've I've never heard the two CEO um, analogy or story before, though. Yeah, I, I think um, it's pretty clear on which one you'd want to work for if you had those two in a room talking to each other, and and I want to be the one that people want to work with and work for, not the guy that just gives a sh- crap about how many of his own houses he has wherever. Can't argue with that. No, that's awesome. That's awesome, Eric. Do you have any? Um advice for your younger 18 year old self? Yeah, just fear is just all in your head, you know, like get it out, let it, uh, let it ungrip itself. And, you know, from there it's, it's just, if you, if you've got such a passion for something and believe so strongly in, in what you think might be able to be accomplished, just run and grab it, you know, go for it. Nobody's going to go get it for you. You got to, you got to get after it. So hustle and grind. Don't be scared. There'll be plenty of people along the way to, to help you move and to pick you up when you fall down. So just get busy, get moving. What's been your favorite way to give back and, or um, get more involved with just like startups, you know, in your micro or macro community? You know, I think one of our core values is share the good. So, you know, when, when we do well, we like to do the same in, in the community. You know, there's a number of organizations that we, we like to help, um, you know, and then kind of a little bit more macro, you know, there's, there's new Shark Tank companies in our wonderful portfolio. And, you know, there's also companies that came before us. And, you know, now that we've kind of been down that path a little bit further, it's kind of fun to uh, 
you know, help some of these newer companies along with their challenges, you know, as we've already been through them, just like some of the companies that came before us and helped us through a number of different challenges. I mean, it, it's just a, it's the, it's a constant, um, you know, get and, and give, and it, it's just really what fuels everything. It, it just, it always feels good. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. My, one of my last questions here, like in, in your bio, it talked about, um, you know, you have experience with, uh, raising venture capital. Um, like what, like maybe high level, can you talk a little, like a little bit about that? I mean, I, I've, I've heard all the, the books, the podcast, but I've never like talked to someone about like that in particular. So maybe you can just give us like a high level, like what that all entails. Yeah. I mean, super high level. It's, it's essentially, you know, raising funds for a business that maybe wants to sell part of their business or sell all of their business. Um, you could also look at it as, you know, sort of syndicating real estate deals, really just, it's a little bit different, um, but still just raising funds. So, um, you know, whether you're doing it for somebody else or doing it for your own deals that you're putting together, it's, you know, a necessary evil if you don't have the capital for the real estate deal, or if you want to, you know, sell part or all of your company to create liquidity. So there's number, number of different ways that can be done or has been done. Awesome. 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 No, this was, this was great. This was great. Caleb, you got anything? No, super, super insightful. Um, I'd love if you would share, um, you know, the everyone's cornerstone or most people's cornerstone book is rich dad, poor dad. But was there one more book that you kind of read after that, that also kind of just continued to fuel you and maybe fuel you and your business partner? Oh man, there's quite a few. If I had, I mean, rich dad, poor dad is, gosh, it's like 80% of people say that. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't my first choice too. But um, I would say one other book that I really, really enjoyed, you know, just kind of, I don't know, being an entrepreneur is, um, gosh, what's what's it called again? The Nike story. Shoe dog. Uh, there you go. Shoe dog. Yeah. That, that's an awesome, awesome story. Isn't it crazy? Uh, yeah. That, that is a great book. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's insightful for people that uh, have a vision and, you know, once you get their understanding that, you know, if you're fortunate enough to, to make a profit, you know, you're going to pay a lot in taxes and you're going to buy inventory. So get ready. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Eric, this was, this was a great episode. Um, obviously like you're, you're a guy that's got a wealth of knowledge on, you know, on business and, and, and just, you know, what it takes to, to build a business and what it takes to be successful. So I just want to say thanks for um, coming on giving us some time. And uh, can, can you tell our audience if like, where's the best place to, to link up with you or, or see your business or see some of the things that you're doing? Yeah, you can uh, check out our company website, uh, prxperformance.com, or uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, actually, is uh, would be a good place, too. Happy to 
answer any questions, advice. I, you know, get people reaching out quite often actually. And I just enjoy sharing and, you know, if I can help somebody over a hump here and there, then hell darn it, let's get them over the hump so they can keep moving. So feel free to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Eric, just want to say thanks again. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking. (laughs) Absolutely. appreciate you guys having me on. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. Hey, we appreciate your time. This is awesome. You bet. Take care, guys. Another great episode. Episode 104. Eric Hopperstead. Caleb, thoughts, takeaways? Uh, no clap tonight. Or this morning. Oh, my God. Here, hang on, time out. Since 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 we're hang on, let me just try something quick. What do you think about this? How about we? Can you hear that? How about you played that sound for me like four times over the last few years? Did you hear that? I, I heard it, but haven't How? you played played that for me? Like, I I like the Cooper clap. I'm I'm working on the Cooper clap. Like it's we're still working with our we're still working on our. Uh, yeah, I got no excuses, bro. I just. The feedback, like when I do it, like sometimes the feedback doesn't come, and then it gets choppy. Mm. I'm, Maybe we gotta switch to finger snaps. I um, mean, how don't you know I was air clapping, like sign language? You know, like I don't know. I the, don't know. Yeah. Uh, my overall thoughts. Um, Eric, super cool guy. Um, really neat when you meet another entrepreneur or just a person, right? Who reads Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it like their eyes are, you know, it blows their mind and they go off to do super cool stuff. Um, uh, He's got an awesome brand and company and one of those businesses that probably like COVID helped them. You know, we didn't even talk about that. Mm, Yeah. Um, We totally didn't even touch on that. We we didn't even even touch on that, but like just super cool to hear his story. And then also his little soiree with Hollywood and just another, another great person to build a relationship with. Yeah, for sure. No, for me, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, Caleb. Anytime I hear, I hear, I see real estate, and uh, then I hear that someone read or the same person read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, you know, I think I go into like another, like my thought process goes into another level. So, like during his whole like story, I think it's so awesome that he started this business and if you we listen to his story he also has other investments um like he he's diversified right i i love just how he's used his business to be able to do other things whether if it's like investing in real estate or giving back to the community or you know y- using his business to do other things and like that's i mean that was it for me. Like any, I mean, anytime I see someone doing that on, on a high level like that, like that's, you know, that, that takes the cake. I mean, yeah, bro. That's just, just reminding me, like, you know, as we grow, as we do our thing, like we also got to, and we, we also so happen to love real estate as well. We just got to make sure we start investing soon in that. That's all. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing vehicle, and there are like 
countless books and audios and podcasts on it. So if real estate's something you want to learn or, you know, do someday, like the world is your oyster. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Um, anything else? Nothing he's, from yeah, me. He, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's a cool, he's a cool guy, man. Like, you know, re- I mean, real chill. Um, it's great, great story. I mean, it, it's, it's cool. Like hearing the whole shark tank thing, like a, again, like you see all the lights, camera action, but you, you don't see the, the behind the scenes right i didn't even realize like those deals took that long on the back end i guess i mean i just yeah the due, dil- the due diligence side of things was interesting to hear about that's for sure yeah for sure so but no that's that's awesome that's awesome um yeah yeah great this is episode. you say rate rate review yeah, i was i was just gonna say great episode um eric hopperstead will put his info his links in the show notes um now this is where I say please oh, okay. rate, subscribe, yep. leave a review, come to Mahana Fresh. Oh, you're adding a little twist. What do you what do you mean I'm adding a little twist? That was new. You never said that before. Oh, okay. Sounds good. So I like been, it. So you've been listening. This is the first episode one of four. You just not hearing me add a oh, twist. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna keep having a great day, Coop. Great, great, great. More, anyways, anyways. But yes, please rate, subscribe, leave a review. Um, check out Mahana Fresh. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Kim? <laughs> Nothing from me. All right. See you guys next week. See you next week, Coop.